0: Around, she says, another weak, helpless woman.
1: Uh, who still has hams and the goddamn Second Amendment. Obviously, I support background checks and common sense gun laws.
0: Popheads, welcome to issue 106 of the Tomcast Podcast. We are coming to you once again from the safe confines of the Tom Cave. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to this quality independent podcast. Please follow our show on social media, at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter, and at TomcastPopcast on Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And you can join Pit. Pa- excuse me, you can join Pophead Nation at patreon.com Forward slash Tomcast podcast, where you can become a financial backer of this sweet podcast. Help us keep the show running, help us keep the lights on, and you get to hang out with such cool, cool people as the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. He is the co host of The Ringing Ear, a great music podcast. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles. The Squidmaster General himself, Mr. Brian Brous- Broussard, excuse me and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Thank you guys. Thank you all so much for being Patreons. It is super, super cool. And if you are a Patreon at the $5 level, uh, please make sure you have watched the video that was directed to you last week and reach out to me with your selection. The Aspen Hill Chody has already reached out, and we are hip deep. Well, we're not. But we know what we're going to be talking about, so... You guys have to get back to me on that. Let me know what you're thinking. All right. One more thing, one more piece of business before we get into the show today. Please make sure you are liking the show, subscribing to the show, downloading, and sharing with all of your friends on whatever your favorite platform is, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all of those. And if you can do me a favor, leave us a five-star review, write us a five-star review. Those, Those go a really long way to helping spread the word. To let people know that we're doing good stuff over here on the TomCast podcast, so if you have the time, I'd really, really appreciate it. So we have a, a we have a show for you today, and it's not a solo show necessarily. Uh, we'll be we'll be joining up with, with Roger uh, in just a little bit to, to discuss some of the current events going on in the world of pop culture. But it, there's a, there's a few bits of of business I wanted to kind of tidy up with everybody before. Uh, before we link up with Roger, you know, just a couple of tiny bits of things that I wanted to discuss. News-centric. But we'll just cover it now, all right? We'll get it out of the way. So first thing first, I know you are you were all waiting with bated breath for me to watch the final three episodes of Cursed on Netflix. And I did. And uh, it didn't get any better. I think you guys noticed the trend uh, as, as I was... Re- Talking about the episodes, you know, I was watching them in three and four episode blocks. And uh, my, my, my hopes and dreams for the series, uh, you, re, you know, really started to go downhill. Uh, those, those middle four episodes that we talked about last show uh, really kind of lowered the bar for where I was hoping the show would go. I was really hoping maybe in the third act it would pick itself up off the ground, dust itself off, and uh, get on with things. Um, and it did, but not in a, a, a satisfactory manner. Uh, they, they end on a cliffhanger, which sounds like... I feel like it's a, it's a risky move if you're not assured of a second season. Why are you going to end on a cliffhanger? That seems like a, a terrible, terrible risk. Especially when your show is as underdeveloped, undercooked, as this first season of Cursed was. Uh, things got very, very... The only thing There's only one interesting thing that happens in, in the season finale, and, uh, and that involves Merlin and the Sword of Power. And, uh, if, if you're watching the show, uh, share your, share your thoughts with me. Let me know, am I wrong? Am I looking at this bad, the, the, in the, in a, in a, in a, from, from a false perspective? Uh, or let's commiserate together and, and Jesus wonder how did we watch all those episodes together? And why, why, why did we keep plugging away at it? Hoping for improvement. That was, we saw no signs of actually coming to fruition. Uh, one of the things I noticed too, in, in, the, in the, in especially in in this, um, these final three episodes I watched was the, the actor playing uh, Uther Pendragon uh, really just looked like a, a bad Tony Stark cosplayer. I, <laughs> I don't know what his look was about other than he looked like a poor man's Tony Stark. I, I don't get it. It was a, it was a bummer of a first season. Uh, I'm still really intrigued to read the, to read the book that the show is based on. I'd like to see how different it is. Um, but again, my, my main critiques of the, of the series were, it's just, just poor writing. Uh, you know things just seem to happen because they needed to happen. Characters show up for no good reason, uh, out of nowhere, just because they have to do their thing now. And it was, it, was, it was a very frustrating season. A lot of logic leaps, a lot of the logic gaps. Um, and I, while I can re- appreciate and respect the show's dedication to, as a garbage truck rolls by my window, uh, I can I can respect the show's uh, attempt to not only retell the King Arthur legend, but the the entire... Uh, it, to completely reinvent it, uh, it, it seems to be the, the goal of the show, which um, I did butt up against a little bit, but I'm okay with it if you can pull it off. And I don't think the show's pulling off. Uh, if it does get a second season, we will, we will mention it on the show because, like I said last time, I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound. I'm willing to give it a second season a chance just to see if it gets any better. But the 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 rope it would have with me is much shorter this time around because, uh, you know, I, I would maybe check out the first two, three, or four episodes depending on how, how how things are going to see if it's improved, to see if those storytelling issues that I have a problem with have been resolved. But we don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I again, I don't know if the show has been renewed. And if it does, I hope to hear about uh, some... some. I don't, yeah, Obviously, you don't want to wish people to be fired, but, you know, some new... People need to be brought on the show to help kind of usher it into a new direction, in my opinion. All right, on the other side of the coin is another show we've talked about uh, quite a bit on on this sh- on this podcast. and that would be the CW Stargirl series, which uh, was something of a surprise to me. I, I really didn't think I was going to get into the show to the to the uh, degree in which I did. It has been a pleasant surprise uh, this spring. As, as, you know, most shows have, have, have shut down or were cut off early in their seasons. You know, and I've said it before on this podcast, the CW, the CW Arrowverse, uh, I don't think has been on very good footing for the last year or two. This season of The Flash was completely atrocious. I haven't even finished watching it because it's so terrible. Uh, Arrow wrapped up. I bailed on Legends of Tomorrow because I was tired of the buffoonery that they were turning John Constantine into. Uh, and I haven't watched Black Lightning after the first season, but I did love that first season of Black Lightning. So I have hope that when I get a chance to catch up on Black Lightning, I will still enjoy that show. That being said, Stargirl has been a supremely pre- pleasant surprise. And it has been probably the most nerderific of all these CW Arrowverse shows. Because this is the one that seems to have the most connections. Now, by the way, I don't think Stargirl is technically part of the Arrowverse just so you know but it's on the CW so we're, we're going to lump it in for the conversation that being said this show has got so many nerdy comic book connections and deep cuts to things that if you're just watching it for the first time you don't need to have that 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 deeper understanding cuz you're you're experiencing it as a new viewer and the show is definitely designed for you but for the old-time nerd like me you when when sir justin the shiny knight is revealed Spoilers. <laughs> you you may not get that because that is a super deep cut. But with somebody like me who knows who that is, you're like, holy shit! They just did that. That's fucking cool, and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So uh, the the show just had its penultimate episode for season one, and it leaves the show in it. It is it, a bit. A, excuse me. It's a two part episode, and uh, our heroes are left in the lurch. But we want. But we do find out the reason why. This new teenage JSA has to exist. And it's all in the plot. And I won't spoil the rest because I do want you guys to check out Stargirl. I suspect that it will be streaming on the Netflixes or some other platform immediately. Shortly uh, shortly after the season finale next week. So hopefully you guys can all catch up on that show. Stargirl. Fantastic show. Been a real surprise for me. And a, a pleasant surprise at that. So watch it, okay? Watch Stargirl don't watch Cursed or watch Cursed and then tell me why you don't like it as much as I do. There you go. All right, also in the same vein of things that we've talked about on this podcast, I did want to announce, we talked about it last week, how it was coming soon. Well, now it's here. Star Trek Lower Decks, now streaming on CBS All Access. This is the animated Star Trek series uh, that's supposed to be, according to reviews, very Trek, but also very funny, very humorous, very, very much a good time. Now, you guys probably remember, I have turned off my CBS All Access. I am waiting for Discovery to come back for Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. Then I will reactivate CBS. I will binge Star Trek Lower Decks. I will binge Season 3 of Discovery. And we'll be able to talk about it more at that time. But I did want to guys let you guys know, if you have CBS All Access, Star Trek Lower Decks is out now. And uh, maybe we'll get a little we'll get a little comment, a little a little conversation with with, uh, with our good friend Reagan, because I'm sure I'm sure he is watching Star Trek Lower Decks right now. We'll find out soon. And one more bit of news, before I wanted to bring up before getting into the conversation with Roger, uh, the trailer was just dropped for a show called Raised by Wolves. Now this is a show that's going to be airing on HBO Max, and it's it's a sci-fi show. But what we're really interested about, what really intrigues us about this show, is the involvement of director extraordinaire, Sir Ridley Scott. Ridley is directing the first two episodes of the series. It's a 10-episode first season, and is starring a Danish actress named Amanda Collin and Travis Fimmel, who you may remember from the Warcraft movie. Or if you're like me, you remember Travis Fimmel as Ragnar Lothbrok from the Viking series, which was, is, is one of my favorite shows in the history of television. I love the Viking show. But Ragnar hasn't been on it in a little while, because Ragnar, a.k.a. Travis Fimmel, is busy doing acting things. So this show is going to be debuting September 3rd. That's right around the corner. I hadn't even heard of this show uh, in, until the trailer dropped yesterday. It is a, again, it is sci-fi based. It is, it is about cyborgs raising human children in an effort to restart human civilization. I think on another planet, but I'm not quite sure. The trailer's a little vague. But it looks like the Earth's been destroyed. There are there's like a colony ship of babies of, of embryos perhaps even that are going to be raised by cyborgs and another army comes to this planet. And that's Travis Fimmel's character. Uh, the the trailer's vague, but it looks like a crazy weird mysterious show. Um, and they do a a the, the trailer has a rendition of the three little pigs that is uh Chilling. Chilling. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this show. Again, it's on HBO Max, and it starts streaming on September 3rd. Ten episodes long. So that's something to keep your eyes out for. If you are a fan of Sir Ridley Scott, you may remember a handful of episodes ago, we did the, the Alien special episode uh, where, where my brother and I basically said that Ridley Scott's directorial vision for Alien it equals almost cinematic perfection. So whenever Ridley Scott gets involved in sci-fi, it's, it's something that, that uh, catches the attention, and, and especially on this podcast, because it is a TomCast podcast, and Tom loves Ridley Scott. He can't help it. I'm not talking to myself in the third person. I apologize deeply for that. All right, so that's all I have for you guys uh, on the solo end of things. What we're going to do now is we're going to team up with the amazing, the wonderful, the well-bearded and well-groomed Roger Smith for a conversation we're gonna cover some more news but what we're really going to get into uh one of the things i really wanted to discuss with roger is uh, I, again i am johnny come lately to this i know people are out there and they've seen this show it's been out for a while now there's two seasons of, for god's sakes but i just got into it because it just switched over from the dc universe platform to being now available on hbo max which i actually have you guys may know i canceled my dc universe subscription last Christmas, because I didn't think it was worth it. Well, so what show am I talking about? I am talking about the animated Harley Quinn cartoon, again, that is now available on HBO Max, and I am completely in love with this cartoon. I think it is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, I don't know all of Roger's thoughts. We're going to get him on on the line here in a little bit, but it does sound like we have different takes on this show. So that's going to be interesting to talk about because uh, it, it sounds like the, th- the tables have turned, where Roger is normally the guy who is A-OK with, with... You know, he's, he's much more positive about everything than, than I've become. Uh, but the tables have turned, it sounds like. Now, what would be interesting to have also... Where are my lady listeners? I need my female listening audience. Reach out to me. Talk to me. Have you watched this cartoon? I had a really hard time finding, uh, finding some women in my, in my circle of, 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 of friends who have watched this show, and um, I need to fix that, because I'd love to get the female perspective on this show, so hit me up, you know where I'm at, I'm on social media, TomCast Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, let's chat, let's get you on the show, let's, let's talk about why this cartoon is awesome, or maybe why I'm a crazy person for liking it, that's okay too, yeah, so, the Harley Quinn cartoon, the main crux of our show today, but... We do have some other news to get to, and we're gonna we're gonna start off with that, but then Bill uh Bill. <laughs> then Roger and I are diving into the Harley Quinn animated series, which again, I love. Alright, so let's uh, let's get into the rest of the show proper. Let's buckle up, let's hold on to our butts, and then buckle up again.
1: So we're blowing up Todd after dinner. Don't eat so much you get lethargic, but eat enough
0: that you don't get fainty, because I do not bring snacks. The streets will run with Razzy Zazzy. All right, joining us via Skype, the power of the internet. (laughs) The one, the only Jedi Raj, Roger Smith is with us. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, dude. It's been chill. It's been chill. It's uh, I feel like that's the, you know, unless you're living in the pandemic or in one of the riot cities or
1: everything, like yeah.
0: That, you have no choice but to chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: what the heck? Have you been up to? You know, not too much. It's just been kind of, kind of same old, same old. I did get a one new upgrade, which I haven't really shared with anyone. So this is going to be a sneak peek. Ooh, but, uh, but you'll see it here. Oh my, those are <laughs> tattoos. They are indeed. If you're familiar. If you put them actually like together
0: together, so Roger has two tattoos on his forearms. Oh, yeah. And if he puts his arms together they, they, they start to glow. It's really a little <laughs> eerie.
1: Yep, that is the uh, Constantine tattoo. So I'm now an official demon hunter, I guess.
0: Well, someone needs to be, because i have not... You know, it's funny, I made a comment ear- earlier in the in the show's opening segment about how I stopped watching Legends because I was tired of the way they turned Constantine into a buffoon, basically. So yeah, I'm yeah. ready for Roger to step up and fill the void.
1: <laughs> I will dabble in the dark arts, as they say.
0: Well, I mean, and the rumors are, are still... are starting to bubble up that that, that uh, Keanu Reeves wants to do a Constantine too. You know, Roger, yeah. this this is your way into casting, my friend.
1: <laughs> Definitely, like you don't even have to waste time on makeup.
0: We're no, good. that's rad. You're ready to go. I love it. Uh, okay, so before we kind of get going on our on our conversation for the day, uh, yeah, uh, you have a beverage next to you. What, what are you, what do you doing today?
1: I am once again, as the name implies, getting ruined again. Boom. <laughs> it's hard Just to the... go wrong with that one. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's tasting real good. I don't know. I think this batch actually tasted better than the one I had the first time. Ooh la la! Uh, yeah, pretty good. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, uh, always been a fan of the Ruin Ten, so this one's a, a nice callback.
0: Yeah, and that's that's from Stone Brewing. For any of our friends in, in other states who might want to try and track it down, Stone Stone yeah. Brewing's ruined again,
1: and it's like what ten eight on there? Yeah, ten point eight. And uh, I mean, I got this six at Target. You know, it's nice. like it's it's available. So. Well, you know what? I, I went big as well, but I went
0: uh, into the, in the darker realms. Oh, okay. <laughs> My, uh, as a fan of Constantine would know, sometimes you go yeah. to the darker realms. Yeah, and you I, got it. <laughs> I got the Alesmith, those lovely, lovely people at Alesmith, are doing the, the Speedway Stout in now four-pack cans.
1: Mm, very nice.
0: And in case anyone's forgotten, because you know, Speedway's been around San Diego for a long, long time, yep. this beer is a 12% <laughs> Imperial Stout with coffee.
1: Yeah, that does mean business. And uh,
0: <laughs> we're recording a little earlier in the day today, uh, so Roger and I are both going full octane, high octane, <laughs> out of the gates. We're getting it done. This show could be a <laughs> real mess by the end. We'll see how it goes. So, Roger, you ready, ready to get into some news? We'll do a little news first, and then we'll kind of like dive into our main topic for the day. Sure, yeah. All right. A few things have happened. It, as I was compiling the news last night and uh, this morning, I was like, wow, there's a lot more stuff to talk about than I kind of thought there was. Uh, yeah. But that's a good thing for a for a podcast reliant on pop culture news, we need news. <laughs> yes. So, just announced this morning, Bill and Ted Face the Music has been moved up. Oh, it's now coming out in theaters, select theaters, and video oh. on demand August 28th, a full week earlier than expected.
1: Oh wow, that's super soon.
0: Yeah, that's super soon, right dude? We'll be able to <laughs> catch up on our good friends Bill and Ted and uh, nice. as as
1: they face the music. And <laughs> We can see what that's all about. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. I just recently watched uh, Bill & Ted 2 the other day, and I'm like, you know I think I'm I'm ready. I have it all fresh in my mind for when the new one comes out. You but yeah, I, I didn't realize shit. it was coming out so soon. It just felt so far away up until it's happening, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I guess the original release date, you know, before, before COVID started shutting down theaters was going to be August 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think it was announced at Comic-Con, actually, the Comic-Con at home, that it was going to be yeah. September 1st select theaters video on demand yeah now they're like fuck it let's split the difference we'll put it right in the middle <laughs> sounds good to me i mean i guess it's good to go that the, it you know the, the film's done it sounds like and and yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, why not why wait what's the point
1: yeah i mean we, we we need that in our in our eye holes so
0: yeah i mean <laughs> in in a in a pop culture that's thirsty for new content for good content yeah you know let, let's get it out there uh, still no, no word on the price point, but I think we're, I think mm-hmm. we're estimating somewhere between the 20 ish dollar range. somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. That seems to be what, what, uh, what we've seen so far. So I, I think I'll probably, you know, break the bank on that and go for the $20 just, just to see it weekend of, I don't know that they're actually going to be playing it in Mexico in any theaters. Cause I'm pretty sure they're all closed down down there too. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, I don't know what requirements are needed in states that do have movie theaters open, but I mean, do you really sure. want to sit there and watch a watch a movie uh, with a mask on your face? Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the whole popcorn eating experience is out the window. You, you got to worry about this motherfucker, like, who's decided to sit down in front of you sneezing.
1: You know, it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. doesn't sound like fun. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to stay at home just get a nice evening rent them or yeah, I guess rent the movie would be the term for it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. You probably get like a 24 hour window. So you can just sure. binge it all day <laughs> get your money's worth <laughs> out of it. Just put it on loop in the house. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited <laughs> that, that, that trailer they released, uh, right before comic-con at home. I, uh, oh. I was, I was, I was much more enthused about that trailer than the first one. Yeah. I was like, like, Ooh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree with you on that. I sent that to my wife and, uh I was like, this trailer was so much more indicative of what the movie's gonna be. yeah, like the first one just seems so empty for some reason, but this one's got a lot more stuff going on. So yeah, it actually got me really excited for it.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, so for the next for our next thing' it's kind of I kind of organize the news so it blends into each other so it works. <laughs> Very nice. So sticking with our video on demand from Bill and Ted, you maybe heard yesterday about Mulan being released yeah. on Disney Plus uh uh-huh. for 30 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> Is that now you you are a family man? You have a, yeah. a white wife and a young child at home. Will will $30 be enough to to get get you to shell out for Mulan? That's probably still cheaper than going to the theaters. Uh,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean well, you know, like over there it's it's not really so. <laughs> no, fair over enough. there like I said I, I could get all of us uh, in the theater for 8 bucks and then, you know. <laughs> just spend the rest of the money on a bunch of snacks stop bragging dude yeah yeah it's it's fun it's cheap but uh yeah you know 30 bucks i I just felt it's kind of a high sell especially when you're already needing to be on disney Mm plus to get it so it's like you got to pay the subscription on top of a rental fee and then at the end of that you don't even get to keep it i'm just like i don't know that's kind of a tough sell for me i mean I, i feel like maybe for the family it would be a good deal. But, I mean, if you're looking at it, like, realistically, you're paying, what, 36, 37 bucks, depending on whatever the subscription price is at right now, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of, like, having to get a subscription and then renting it off of there. It's like, I don't know. That's that's a tough sell. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Well,
0: you know, when when we talked about this, this topic of the video-on-demand movies, you know, mm-hmm. when COVID kind of first unleashed itself across the country... You know yeah. when when Birds of Prey and Bloodshot and all those things were, were pulled out of theaters and then shifted to, to video on demand, and uh-huh. I and I kind of belly ached about yeah. having to spend twenty bucks for them. Yeah, uh, a lot of listeners let me know that uh, I I stand on an island by myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, apparently with me too. But yeah, because <laughs> because apparently if,
0: you know going to the movies is an expensive proposition, especially if you're going unlike me. Most people apparently don't go by themselves.
1: <laughs> that is fair. Yeah.
0: So, uh, a couple, a couple of people who are listening to the show let me know that like they spend close to or even upwards of fifty dollars to go see a movie. Sometimes, depending on the yeah. amount of snacks and the time of day they see the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I suppose three dollars is reasonable, especially if you have a fairly large family at home. Sure. And again, this this being uh, Disney entertainment, this being uh, uh, you know a beloved Disney story, mm-hmm. in a time where I assume families are just thirsty for distractions and, and things to keep their kids busy. 30 sure. bucks to keep your kid busy all day watching Mulan multiple times for 24 hours? <laughs> I, it's, I think it's going to get paid.
1: I mean, I definitely think it is. I just, I don't wholly agree with the, uh, with kind of what feels like the upmarking of it just because, you know, it's Disney and they can. I mean, if anything, I felt like, you know, $20 seems to be the, what most people are considering right now to be like the fair replacement theater price mm-hmm. to kind of get that one day rental at home. Um, and if we're already kind of taking that as a baseline, not only are they charging 10 bucks more than everyone else, but you need a subscription on top of it yeah. instead of just throwing it on whatever uh, VOD service you're using, you know? So that's kind of the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You sure. Know, sure, sure. Dealing with that. But I, I totally think it's, it's not wholly unreasonable and it's definitely going to, a lot of people are going to pay out for it. So definitely it's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, in, in the for me the the person who wants to see all these movies,
0: sure. The the thing I'm kind of wrestling with is like, okay, I don't know if it's worth thirty bucks to me because I don't, I have no idea if my wife's interested in watching it with me. I could probably uh-huh. justify it if the like, two of us were going to sit down and watch it together. Uh-huh. But sure. but the, the I guess the part that I'm kind of hung up on, I'm like, if this is successful, if this succeeds, uh-huh. will would would the financial success of Mulan in this format? Then convince Disney to release like Black Widow this way, because mm. that is a movie I'll drop thirty bucks to see right
1: now. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think definitely, definitely they're trying to set a precedent here. I think they're definitely testing the waters with this to see how far are people willing to go in terms of what they're willing to pay for it, and to see if the response is there. You know, I mean they're not they're not going to undersell themselves if they know they can make more off it. You mm-hmm. know? It's very much the Apple approach, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, if, if they're if they know they're gonna pay it, then why not try to get that from them? And I think you know, right now they're they're definitely hurting for money. They haven't released anything in months, and you're just kind of like, well, I get it. But you know, it's like where do you draw that line? And I guess that's where they're trying to find right now is like where are we draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> and again, as as a consumer who
0: uh, is very cost adverse, which which which, which is me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I often try to go to the movies. On my day off, which I'm fortunate in the sense that I can be off during the week. So I can yeah. go over to Hazard Center on a Tuesday and see something for, you know, five, six, seven bucks if I go uh-huh. in the morning because I can go see the matinee at like 11 sure. a.m. And yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's kind of a jam. I like doing that. Yeah. I like yeah. saving the money and seeing something awesome. So for me, it is going to be a bit of a culture switch if the rest of 2020 is movies I'm dying to see like Black Widow. Uh, oh. and all of a sudden I'm paying 30 bucks to watch it at home. Like I, I suspect that will get me in a fair amount of trouble at some point when my wife yeah. like Can you spend $3, watch a fucking
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind it. Kinda, it really, uh, it changes the, the pricing dynamic and just the easiness of being able to say, Oh yeah, it's just, you know, five, seven bucks, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, and, and what do you say when your wife asks, you know,
0: is, is angry at you for spending 30 dollars to watch a movie and your answer is, you know. Well, ScarJo, come
1: on! (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're going to win any points with that. Yeah, I don't
0: think that's a justifiable (laughs) argument necessarily. I mean, you know, everyone loves Scarlet, men and women, but you know, I I, I don't see that going over well.
1: No, no, neither do I. (laughs) I mean, but the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is at stake, and I have to know what's going on.
0: That's not going to fly either.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it may be reasonable, but reason is not the uh, the driver in that argument.
0: Roger, are you familiar with Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan? I am. So you know the Kobayashi Maru. This is the no-win situation. I.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's meant to teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, the
0: the no-win scenario is in play with thirty-dollar movies, as I will be in lots and lots of trouble. But <laughs> as anyone who knows me and knows my wife knows, that's nothing new for me. I yeah. live in the state <laughs> of trouble. <laughs> Nice. These massive pop dolls behind me are an indicator of how much trouble I am in <laughs> because they are banished to a room of the house that no one else can see. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, we do have some some uh, a, a positive news, I should say. You know, not okay. not financial based news. We don't want to talk about like our wallets and how we're being sure. affected by COVID and stuff like that. It was announced yesterday. Nia DaCosta directing Captain Marvel two. How about that? Interesting. Cool yeah if you're not familiar with Nita Costa, you will be soon because uh she's directing the candyman reboot that's coming soon from uh from Jordan Peele.
1: oh interesting yeah, I didn't know that yeah that
0: that is a film that I, I the candyman reboot I should say uh, uh-huh. I, to me looks extremely interesting because it's like it almost is a reboot and a sequel at the same time they're they're kind of doing yep. that honor what came before, but mm-hmm. push it forward yeah and it, it's it's starring one of our favorites uh uh Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, mm-hmm. also known as Black Manta from Aquaman, <laughs> nice. and more importantly, Dr. Midnight from the from the new Watchmen series on HBO. So he'll be the new Candyman. Cool. But it looks like Tony Todd's Candyman will have a role to play in this as sort of like the transition to a new mm-hmm. generation of Candyman sort of thing happens. And uh, early word of mouth is that Nia, Nia Decosta did a, a damn fine job pulling that movie together and uh, she's going to get a chance to hang out with Brie Larson and do cap two or captain Marvel two. You can't say cap two. That doesn't sound right.
1: Yeah. Too many caps,
0: (laughs) too too many caps, you know, but but captain Marvel two is a movie that's been gestating for a while. You know, obviously, you know, nobody's moving forward with production on anything, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to know there's now a directorial vision for captain Marvel two.
1: Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what she can do. It's, 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 it's a pretty rad step. Uh, again, it's, it's, um, I have to choose my words carefully here, but it's just, it's just rad to see, uh, a, a woman director stepping up to take on the reins of Captain Marvel. That tends to make, mm-hmm. that seems to make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman, you know, I exactly. think that, that kind of vision is, is definitely something that made Wonder Woman such a great movie in itself, you know?
0: 100% agree with you there. Actually, you know, it's it's not it's not necessarily news, but it did come out recently that apparently uh, Patty Jenkins is interested in, in kind of doing a concluding chapter for Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, you know, kind of making it like her the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman trilogy, basically, with her yeah. and uh, Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty that, – that's cool to hear. I'm glad to hear that Patty's interested
1: in, in kind of finishing things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely she did such a great job with the first one. You know, I, everybody I know loved the movie. And I think we're all excited to see, you know, 1984. Um, and once we uh, once we finally get that one, I think we can finally have our hopes uh, optimistic for the end of the trilogy. Yeah, but let's let, let's put a pin in, in DC right now
0: because we're gonna come back to D, we're gonna circle back to DC stuff in a minute. Sure. But uh, Amazon, as usual, uh, puts <laughs> out what I consider to be a far too long trailer. <laughs> for the for season two of the boys now don't get me wrong not because it's not great and impactful and good stuff but it's uh-huh. like almost too much good stuff like I, yeah I, but the boys is coming it's coming uh what, what september 4th september 3rd something like that, that
1: yeah yeah i
0: think so so it's right around the corner again more more consumable content for all of us especially those of us who already have watched season one and loved it looks like we're experiencing technical difficulty but don't worry, folks. We're still on the air. All right, Roger, we had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure the last thing you heard. But <laughs> uh, as, as I was saying, uh, Amazon released the final trailer for the new season of The Boys. Uh, I think it was yeah. a tad too long. We maybe saw a tad too much. Uh, but still, <laughs> I'm intrigued. This looks like a, a wonderful continuation of the season one story. And uh, an elevation of the stakes as uh, The Boys are no longer operating out of the shadows. They have been exposed they are being hunted, they are on the run, and shenanigans will ensue.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, it looked really good. Uh, I just saw it, refreshed myself on it this morning. Um, yeah, like you said, I, maybe I wouldn't have liked to see so much, but if they're showing us all that in just the previews, that means that the whole season's going to be crazy.
0: I was going to say, yeah, because if you've watched the trailer, there's a, there's a bit with, uh, I, I forget his name, the the Aquaman Riff character. <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> a, and a giant whale and a motorboat. And I'm like, you know what? If they show this to me, that can only mean what I haven't seen is so much worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I can't express how much you and I, if you didn't listen to those episodes where we talked about the series uh, in season one, uh, you and I were both, I, th- I think, madly in love with the show. It's <laughs> yeah, a good word. Yeah, it was we, awesome. <laughs> we loved the carnage and the and the violence and just kind of like the uh, insanity involved uh-huh. in that series. And this again looks like a, just a, a a continuing escalation of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it was it was a show. Um, you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like it was over the top, and it just owned it. You know, but it wasn't like trying to be dark and gritty in right. that sense. You right. know, because a lot of times you you get this like over the topness, but then it just feels forced because it's like trying to be like you know real grim dark. But, uh, no, this was great because it was fun, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, from a, from the comic book fan perspective, uh, to me, of, of the material that's been adapted from Garth Ennis' classic work, you know, like Preacher yeah. and the Boys, the Boys yeah. is the one that is... Um, it's been modified to a certain extent from the source material, but in oh. a way that makes a really good amount of sense and, and works for the actors playing those roles and, and taking the characters in new directions... I didn't yeah. care for the stuff they did, or a lot of the stuff they did in Preacher, to me, didn't work right, or <laughs> as well. Uh, but The Boys sure. is is so far, excuse me, hitting all, on all cylinders, and you have Carl Urban as Billy Butcher, <laughs> which that alone is worth watching, <laughs>
1: in my <Yes>. opinion. <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to a new season of uh, Ultraviolence from from that. <laughs> and uh, this, this trailer introduced us to... Uh, the The TV show's version of Stormfront, which mm-hmm. she looks fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with that character from the comic book, the Stormfront was uh, basically like a super Nazi, <laughs> given superpowers. Uh, so, yeah. but she, A very different version in the TV show from the comic books, at least on the surface. We'll we'll, we'll kind of see how as the season plays out how it shakes out. Yeah. Uh, but I can't I can't tell you how intrigued I am. And, uh, just as a teaser for our listening audience, I think the, sh- the, I think the boys will be a show that we talk about, uh, fairly regularly as we, yeah. as, as that season progresses. Now I, I'm still a little unclear if they're doing the typical thing where they release the entire season or oh. if it's shifted to a weekly format, I'm a little unclear on that I've, uh, conflicting information, but depending on what they decide to do, you and I will, will react and have, uh, breakdowns of our own on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think if they do release it, like, just full season, we can maybe split it up into two, just watch half, and, you know, that way we can kind of finish it on, on our own time, but we'll just be able to be, you know, we'll talk about half, and then we'll do the other half or something. Well, I was going
0: to yeah. say, knowing me, Roger, I'm gonna, we're going to have to split into a thirds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff either.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out, because I, I think that that show is... The Boys is right in this podcast wheelhouse, so I, I think sure. The Boys is something we're, we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about as that season progresses, and uh, I'm I'm very excited.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
0: sure. Now, as as you may remember, uh, when when The Boys was first published as a comic book, it was at DC Comics, and that didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. But we're yeah. gonna, we're going to transition to DC News right now. Yeah. sounds good. All right. So, Roger, are you interested? Are you excited? Are you pumped? For DC Fandom, coming online, August twenty <laughs> second.
1: I mean, it looks interesting. I just, I guess, I'm still not sure what to expect of it, or I, I don't really understand what's happening with it. I, it's yeah. kind of unclear to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of sounds like DC slash Warner Brothers version of Comic Con at home, where mm-hmm. they're just doing online panels and, and presentations, and I, it sounds like they're going to be making a couple of announcements, and we're going to see yeah. stuff. Which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it before uh, about Patty Jenkins and, and Wonder Woman 84 coming soon, mm-hmm. and the, the, they just they just debuted a little bit of new footage of Kristen Wiig as Cheetah online, yeah. just like a little snippet, which mm-hmm. I can only imagine will be extrapolated at <laughs> DC Fandom. Sure, we, we might get a bigger reveal for Wonder Woman 84, but mm-hmm. we're also going to get our first look at James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Oh, that should be fun. (laughs) Right? So James Gunn is the man who walks between worlds at this point. You know, he's got Suicide Squad with DC Warner Brothers coming out uh, supposedly next year. We'll see. So supposedly everything's on on target there. But he's also got they're also getting ready ready to film Guardians of the Galaxy 3 over at at Disney Marvel. So he's the man between two universes right now. But he's going to be at the DC Fandom Experience. Again, they're, they're going to re- show the first footage of Suicide Squad. They just released oh. the, uh, I don't know if you saw, they released the title treatment. Oh, no, I haven't. It, it, it's like a blend of of the old Suicide Squad comic title treatment, you know, from the old oh. 80s comic, uh, yeah. kind of mixed with uh, the Dirty Dozen, kind of mixed with the A-Team.
1: Oh, interesting. So, okay. yeah, it's just,
0: it says Suicide Squad and kind of like a, this, this big bold font with like bullet holes all through it, basically.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe I have seen it then.
0: I mean, it, it doesn't look like anything like super amazing when you see it, but you're like, oh, wait, if you kind of like, put the elements together, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing here.
1: Sure, yeah, and it'd be cool if maybe that's uh, giving us a hint as to what's to come. So.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, and we don't know much about this flick. Uh, they've been very guarded with, with what's going to be in this movie. We know, we know the cast is huge. There's a ton of actors in it. Um, yeah. And a lot of James Gunn regulars, like, like Nathan Fillion and Michael Rooker, are going to be in this flick, but we have no idea to what extent. Uh, the returning yeah. characters we know, we have we have uh, Margot Robbie as, as Harley. We have mm-hmm. what's his nuts as, as flag, <laughs> the guy who's yeah. la- lame Robocop is gonna be returning <laughs> as flag. And and yeah. Jai Courtney, who was shockingly one of the better parts of the first film, back as Captain oh. Boomerang.
1: Nice. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. all new. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how that goes.
0: I'm I'm mixed ex- I'm excited. I'm intrigued. We're gonna get our first look at it. And uh, James Gunn has come out and said that uh, Guardians Three filming is still on schedule. COVID has not delayed production of that movie by any means, so that's good to okay. know. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, we're gonna get a first look at Suicide Squad. Now we're still a couple weeks out. It's, as as we record this, it's only August sixth, and yep. DC Fandom is August twenty second. But if you're interested in in the DC DC Comics, DC Animation, DC Films, you know, yeah. and, I and Warner Brothers by extension. You're going to want to be online Saturday, August 22nd. It's a free event. You just go to their website and watch all the panels.
1: Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm
0: looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, like I said, I don't know the structure, so I hope they're going to clarify that a little more uh, in the coming weeks. But
0: Yeah, and as, as we I get more didn't... clarification on it, like, we'll be sharing it on the podcast too because it's, it's definitely an event I'm intrigued by, especially with yeah. Suicide Squad being attached to it because Suicide Squad, despite that first film, is a property mm-hmm. that I uh, – is, is a comic book that I really, really have a lot of uh, strings in my heart for. So, <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I want a new Suicide Squad movie to be the thing that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> since we are on DC, we will get to what we're really here to talk about. I'm dying to hear <laughs> your thoughts. It, 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 shifting from the DC Universe plat, streaming platform to HBO mm-hmm. Prime has en- enabled me to watch the Harley Quinn cartoon. I urged Roger to watch a couple episodes so we could talk about yes. it. I love the show, Roger. How do you feel about it?
1: You know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not in the same camp as you <laughs> on this one. I uh, I really went into this like with an open mind. I'm like, okay, we'll give it a shot. I just I I had no like you know um, preconceptions on the show prior to watching it, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I just you know I just never really gotten around to watching it. So. Now that I'm kind of just sitting here, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got some time. I'll, I'll throw it on, listen to it. And I just feel like, I don't know, I, it just it didn't sit right with me for some reason. And I don't know if it just started off rubbing me the wrong way. It just It just felt so in your face in like the first five minutes that I'm just like, we're, we're, we're trying pretty hard to be real edgy right now. <laughs> well, the first episode
0: is 100% over the
1: top. No, really. no
0: doubt about that. I'm not going to... I won't make excuses for that. It, it's in your face, and I think they they do... And maybe they go a tad too far to tell you, like, this is a different fucking show than what you think it is. <laughs> so maybe they tried a little too hard in that first episode. Sure. And I, so I, I... I respect where you're coming from with that. <laughs> uh, but for, for me, my experience deepened mm-hmm. as that for, as, as I watched that first season, as I kind of saw what the themes were, what the story really was about. You know, about... Mm-hmm. Exploring toxic relationships and exploring mm-hmm. what true friendship is, and and, and real, uh, real emotion. There's real emotional stuff at the core of that show, despite yeah. the overwhelming violence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it really resonates with me the way that uh, uh, Harley and and Poison Ivy come together, mm-hmm. and you know I know the show kind of gets naysayed by a very small percentage of the population who sees it as just like you know more uh, feminist agenda nonsense. Uh, but if you're really watching the show, I mean, you got to realize that it, A, it, it exists in its own thing. So you can't kind of hold it. It's not beholden to Batman comics and, and the Batman mm-hmm. universe and any of that yeah. stuff. It's mm-hmm. its own thing. A hundred percent, especially when you get to season two and you see some of the stuff going on in season two. Holy, <laughs> holy smokes, because all the Batman continuity is thrown out the window.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I, think my favorite parts of it so far were honestly the the side characters and the little, like, name drops. I mean, even in episode two, you get, like, Bane in there, but with his, like, Tom Hardy imitation yes! voice, which was great. Yes, it's perfect. Yeah, I just, I love, honestly, all the side characters. I mean, Kite Man was in that, and <laughs> Kite Man is already my favorite character. <laughs> He's just hilarious. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, no, I, honestly, it's funny. I feel like, I like all of the side characters more than I like the main characters. And I'm just like, why is this? I don't, I don't get it. It's just, I was trying to like pinpoint it as to like, what was hitting me the wrong way. And I feel like you brought up a good point in that it's, it's got a lot of like real serious issues that it's trying to harp on. But at the same time, I just feel like the crazy whimsical uh, over the top extremeness of you know, Harley Quinn as a character is a strange outlet to have these like real deep emotional societal issues explored, you know? So I, I think there's just for me kind of a dissonance in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like Harley and I think these issues are definitely things that need to be addressed. It's weird when they're together for me. <laughs> I, I, I think it's totally
0: fair and, you know, it wasn't until it was definitely a progression for me as I, as I watched the season. You know, as yeah. I was kind of Picking up on what they were what they were getting at, because again, the show is insanely irreverent. It's insanely violent. It's insanely yeah. cursy. <laughs> so many, yeah. so many f bombs. Uh. Uh, but you you kind of have to look past all that stuff uh-huh. to see kind of what they're getting at. And you know Harley is a perfect vessel for vessel. That's not the right word. Is is like the, <laughs> the perfect character to explore toxic relationships and toxic masculinity mm-hmm. through the Joker. Mm-hmm. And and then. You know, uh, Ivy is kind of like the, the, the aloof, uncaring on the surface person, Mm -hmm. but who's really just hiding her emotions because she's been hurt hurt so long by so many people, by let down, by friends and family and all these things. And it, it really picks up as the season progresses, you know, I, you know, maybe, I don't know how, how far did you get into season season one?
1: I'm only a few episodes in, like just the first two episodes. Okay.
0: Oh, oh, Raj. (laughs) Oh my God. You haven't even watched season episode 3 yet. Okay. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> episode 3 when she starts to form her crew. Mm-hmm. That's when the show comes together. Because oh, yeah. uh, you get you get <laughs> uh, I, I don't want I don't want to give too many good like spoilers, but like her crew is magnificent and how they kind of come together is so fucking perfect. And again, more explorations of, of just flawed characters, of, of mm-hmm. you know, flawed masculine characters in a lot of senses, but also uh, just damaged individuals. And sure. again, I don't want to say what the crew is because when you watch episode three, you're like, holy shit. Like, that's fucking funny. Uh, okay. But like CD level characters yeah. who have kind of been shunned by comic books in, in general,
1: well, Step into favorites. a
0: spotlight. Like, listen, I'm going to tell you a, a, a little mild spoiler. One of my favorite characters on the show mm-hmm. is is King Shark. Yeah, and King Shark is voiced by Ron Funches, and Ron <laughs> Funches, his voice in the body of King Shark, gives me so much joy in my heart. <laughs> it's a fucking delight.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, the the voice acting work is is really good so far. Who, who uh, do you know offhand who does Scarecrow's voice? I recognize the voice. I just can't put a. You know, it's funny. In. I have a list
0: of the cast right here, but the the the, the cast is so packed with yeah. amazing like, a list talent that Uh-oh. I don't have Scarecrow down. I have you know. We have Kaylee Cuoco as Harley. We have Lake Bell as Ivy. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is does a thousand voices on the show. He's he's Joker. He's Clayface. He's like fourteen other dudes. Uh, Ron, yeah. Again, I mentioned Ron Funches as King Shark. You have Tony Hale uh, from from Veep fame from uh, from from. Uh, 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 Damn it, arrested development fame. As as yeah. Dr. Psycho, you have JB Smoove as Frank the Plant. <laughs> Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney from Law and Order SVU as Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. As a as a drunk, broke down, emotionally damaged Commissioner Gordon. One yeah, of my favorite that was,
1: things of uh, he, he,
0: <laughs> he just wants to hang out with Batman. He just wants Batman to be his friend.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I got the voice here. It's a it's Raul Coley from uh, from iZombie.
0: Okay, there you go. Oh
1: yes, 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 yes. He was the the mortician
0: guy. The yeah, uh, yeah. not mortician guy. You know what I mean? The, the medical examiner. Medical yeah. examiner. Thank you.
1: Yes. Yeah, I knew I recognized his voice, and I love him. He's hilarious. He's hilarious.
0: <laughs> you, you have uh, Jim Rash doing the Riddler. Mm. Diedrich Botter comes back to play Batman, which I thought was pretty dope.
1: Yeah, that was cool. What, when when was the last time we saw him?
0: But whatever that the last Batman animated series he was on. Whatever that one was, uh, Shadow of the Bat or something like that. I Can't remember. I think so. Yeah, but one of those two. He does a great Batman, and it, but it's it's he does a he he does the dark Batman voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> but his his like Bruce Wayne is is so fucking funny because he's so like passive aggressive towards Alfred and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: uh, funny. I, I, again, it it I I strongly encourage you, and you don't have to listen to me, <laughs> but watch a few more and, and kind of see if you can kind of uh, pick up the rhythm of the show. Sure. Uh, I just watched before we did the podcast. I I'm in season two, and I think it was episode four. is is a Mister Freeze episode. Oh, cool. That is almost borderline gut wrenching. (laughs) Like I mean, again, this is a show that that on the surface is about ultra violence and and insane f bombs. Yeah, (laughs) but but again, the the subtext on the show is so deep, and there's there's so much more to explore with these characters because. Remember these? This is—I mean, it's it's Batman's Rogues Gallery, so yeah. there is emotional trauma in all of these characters, and again, the the, vi- the violence and the cussy words are fun, and they get you in the door. <laughs> but you're you're really getting in, into an exploration with some of these characters and their, and their psyches, which is a lot of fun, and they do it in just a, a very unconventional manner. Sure.
1: Yeah, I get it. So I <laughs> I
0: strongly am encouraging people to watch the show. I I, have, I reached out. In, in the earlier part of the show, I, I reach out to any female listening to this podcast to, to watch this cartoon and, and hit us up because I'd love to fe- hear more of the female perspective. Every female friend I have hasn't seen the show yet. So I was like, please oh, watch right. it. Please watch it so we can talk about it because I, I need a female <laughs> perspective on the show. Let me know that I'm not just the only one. Uh, uh, this, uh, I know I'm not the only one resonating. This show has got like tons of critics behind it. Sure. Yes. So I, I I love it. I can't advocate enough for it. Now mm-hmm. that it's on HBO Max, it might be able to reach a, a broader audience. Sure. Because I'm I'm sorry, Raj, but the DC Universe platform is dying.
1: Yeah, as uh, as is noticed by their lack of ability to get annual subscriptions anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: well, and I think I think today is the day that uh, season two of Doom Patrol is wrapping up on on now on HBO Max. That show moved over basically. Yeah. Are you watching Doom
1: Patrol? No, I, that's another one I got to get back to. I, okay. I didn't watch it for any particular reason. It's just didn't get around to it.
0: No, if, I mean for me, it was, it was when I had the when I had DC Universe. It was just more of a time constraint issue. And I'll be honest, I've I sure. never cared for the interface of the DC Universe platform. It was really annoying yeah. to navigate. I thought
1: it was clunky for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
0: a lot smoother
1: uh, viewing through HBO Max. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. well I mean for sure I know, I know maybe one or two people that may have watched it, females that have watched the Harley Quinn show, so I can reach out to them and see if they're interested in giving you their take on it so far. I'd love to hear from
0: anybody who's watching the show who, who is, is connecting with the material, uh, mm-hmm. again because I find it insanely refreshing I also love uh, very much that this version of Harley Quinn that's in the comic, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is the version that they've been trying to get on the, on, on movies for a little while Mm-hmm. And, you know I, I, and I, I love Margot Robbie as Harley, but mm-hmm. like the scripts she's had to work with have been a little bit lackluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this the, this animated interpretation is a bit of the Margot Robbie character, but very much inspired by the the comic book, the, the one yeah. that Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti were writing uh, when, when the new 52 launched. Yeah, yeah. were, were, were you reading that when that t- when that uh, initially began? I know because I know uh-huh. you, you were pretty heavy into the new 52.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I was reading a lot of Batman stuff, but I don't think I picked up Harley. I had already had so many on the stack, and I'm just like, I think any anything Joker or Harley-related would have just been, you know, any crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for some reason, I don't think uh, much of the Harley Quinn stuff actually was in the Batman crossovers. So it was very... It, it was, like, kind of its own thing, so I just didn't really pick it up as my stack. Yeah, it, it's very... It, it... You you are one hundred
0: percent right. The the Harley Quinn New Fifty Two book is very much its own thing, kind of like off in its own little corner of the Batman universe. Yeah, um, but I love that they're kind of picking up that thread of that character that 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 Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti were exploring in the comics, mm-hmm. and they kind of transitioned it to the anime series. Very the anime series is very much inspired by that, but I think it also takes a little bit from from Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley because I think she does a damn fine job as Harley. She's just mm-hmm. stuck with like little lesser than movies, you know, like Suicide yeah, Squad yeah. was kind of a miss, but she was a standout in it. Yeah. And then Birds of Prey, you know, I've kind of talked about our issues with Birds of Prey, but Margot yeah. Robbie's not the fault of that movie by any means. No, she's,
1: she's probably like the best part of it to be yeah. honest.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. So I, I love that this is kind of like the perfect amalgamation of that cinematic Harley and that comic mm-hmm. book Harley that existed. And yeah. I, I love that they have her uh, uh, getting out of the Joker shadow and explore. Mm-hmm. that first season is, is kind of about her just becoming her own person. Sure. So that's why, again, another reason to follow through. And then season two of the anime series, uh, I think you'll enjoy it because it's a riff on the No Man's Land storyline. Okay. So there's, again, it's not beholden to Batman history or continuity, but it, it does play, <laughs> like, winks and nods and tributes to it at the same time. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's honestly like so far just what I've seen is one of my favorite things about it. So just kind of the, the little name drops and characters that show up here and there. You're like, oh, I know this guy. I wonder how many other people actually know this guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah uh, I, I definitely agree with you. And like I said, the the, the Mr. Freeze episode that I just watched was uh, one of my favorites since, you know, the old Batman the Animated Series was going on. Because they seemed, they seemed to have this understanding of, of Mr. Freeze in, mm-hmm. in a way that few others did. And this, yeah. this this story they just did on Harley again, a show that's known for f bombs and 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 ultra violence, did this sure. like this like gut wrenching heartfelt story about love, true love between yeah. Doctor Freeze and Nora Freeze that was like, oh my god, this show is not just about cursing all the time.
1: You know, it, <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's that's cool that they did that though.
0: No, it's it's really really strong. It's it's good stuff. Uh, you know, you only watched the first two. I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> You haven't even seen King Shark yet. You haven't even seen King uh, 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 Funches step up to the plate and deliver as King Shark.
1: Yeah, maybe he'll change my mind.
0: (laughs) Alan Alan Tudyk's uh, uh, interpretation of Clayface with with his uh, William Shatner-esque acting abilities. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) It's it's so... (laughs) The Clayface... (laughs) Whenever Clayface acts, it's so good.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because, uh, you know, a lot of times if you're familiar with the, ba- with the Batman source material, you know, you're like, oh, Clayface was actor so-and-so and he was, yeah. you know, like Lawrence of fucking Olivier of the stage or whatever. And yeah. like, this version is like, no, no, no. He's like a D-less actor who just like puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable all the time.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, like, that's another thing. Like, Like I was telling you, I love all the side characters. A lot of the jokes coming from the side characters are hitting... Very well with me. Like I was, I was busting up laughing a couple times. So it's definitely not that like the comedy is something that I dislike or anything like that. I, I like I said, there, there was some dissonance with me, but I think I'll definitely I'll try to give it another chance. I'll, I'll see I'll see how it goes from here. Yeah, they're like twenty three minute episodes. Yeah, and so
0: they're they're easy to watch like one or two a day if you want. Sure. I, I guess that you don't have to listen to me by any means, but I do strongly. <laughs> think you should watch the, at least the first season if you're out by the first season like don't don't worry you're, you're, but you're not out that much time but there's a strong through line with the joker that you i think it, it will deliver for you all
1: okay. right all right i'll do it then and also <laughs> one
0: of the things too as a, as a fan of good comedy i mm-hmm. love that they'll, ma- they'll make reference to something in like episode four and it'll mm-hmm. pay off in episode 12 i like <laughs> shit like that you're like oh my god they fucking did that <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I do like that, too.
0: But again, to me, the, the, the strongest part of the show, and, and again, the reason why I think I love it so much, is like this is one of my favorite interpretations of one of my favorite characters. And I'm not talking about Harley Quinn. As much as I love Harley Quinn, I love, 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 love Poison Ivy so very much. And this is one of my favorite takes on the character. Again, Batman the Animated Series did a great job with that character. And then depending on the writer... I've I've found some Poison Ivy comics that are really good, and some that are just like whatever. Like they don't know this sure. character at all. This is a great take on Poison Ivy, and mm-hmm. again, I love that relationship between the two between Harley and Poison Ivy. And in season two, they do they do a great episode where they they bring in uh, for the first time they bring in Catwoman, and how oh, okay. it changes the dynamic of their relationship because you know Catwoman's so cool and everyone wants to be Catwoman. <laughs> it, it's really really great. I I I. I I was, I watched the show because I had access to it on H- HBO Max, hmm. but I quickly became enamored. So I wanted to talk to you about it. I hope I'm not making you insane, just kind of
1: <laughs> with all <my, laughs> no, the glowing all
0: praise for it.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, it's, it's cool uh, just to hear the other side of it and maybe kind of look at it in a way that I wasn't really looking at it. So just knowing that there's more kind of along the lines that I'd be interested in to come kind of gives me a little hope to continue watching. More emotional
0: stakes. That, that's why I say stick, stick around for it. See if, see if they work for you. Again, if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. And then, you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah, for you sure. Can cut bait and move on with your life. Get back to Doom Patrol. <laughs> get back to that's Teen fair. Titans. <laughs> Go <old> right. Titans. <laughs> Roger, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, you, you were kind have to cut some time out of your day for for this. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, of course. It was fun, always. It's
0: always fun. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get... I know our schedule's been a little... Uh, uh, disrupted lately we'll get back on a more normal pace here uh in in the coming weeks for sure i thought you were gonna go
1: with that ghostbusters line i blame myself and then i say me too
0: (laughs) i never blame myself roger you know that about me (laughs)
1: that's fair again thank you roger for
0: coming hanging out this is roger smith he's jedi Raj on twitter and instagram make sure you're giving him a follow good content he's taking all kinds of creepy pictures of spiders right now to freak me out (laughs)
1: there were snails too
0: yeah well the spiders almost got you blocked I'm not gonna lie Roger
1: (laughs) I'll keep the spiders to a minimum from here on out
0: (laughs) thanks for joining me today but I will talk to you uh, gosh probably in a couple days (laughs) sounds good (laughs) alright dude later bye Harley Quinn and her crew are worthy of being nominated for this year's class of the Legion of Doom if she could only just stop
1: leaving crew members behind. We didn't leave anybody... Oh, shit. (sighs) Mm -mm. (laughs) Daryl, if you ever bring me inferior toilet wine again, I'll be forced to shank you in the showers, and you know I don't want to do that. I like being cool, boss.
0: For leaving you here so long.
1: Oh, no problem. It allowed me to experience firsthand the failings of the prison industrial complex. Yeah,
0: fresh, fish. Fish, 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 <laughs> fish, fish, fish.
1: Now, fellas, look, I know it's just in fun, but what the fuck
0: did I tell you about that world? Oh, yeah, sorry, King. Ooh, sorry about that.
1: Oh, they're learning baby steps, right, Harley? I will kill each and every one of you with my bare hands.
0: Hey folks, there it is. that's the episode. A great conversation with Roger kind of catching up on all the news. I was I was the, my only concern with this episode is I feel like I was kind of trying to cajole Roger into into watching more of the Harley Quinn cartoon. Um, and if that's the case then and I'm guilty of it then so be it uh, because I am I I am advocating for the show big time. It has not been announced or confirmed if there'll be a season three of the Harley Quinn animated series probably on the Disney, Disney, I'm sorry, excuse me, On the, it would probably be on the HBO Max platform as opposed to the DC Universe because I think even Roger and I have to admit that the DC Universe platform is probably a Dead Man walking at this point and will probably be done by the end of the year if I were to venture a guess in that direction. Uh, but the good news is a couple shows from that platform seem to be uh, making their way to HBO Max. We, we talked about the Doom Patrol being on HBO Max. We talked about... Harley Quinn being on HBO Max. So hopefully, you know, if the dissolution of, of DC Universe as a platform is announced soon, the uh, survival of several series from that platform and, and crossing over to HBO Max will be announced as well. Again, I'm a little over a quarter of the way through season two of the Harley Quinn animated series. And again, I'm absolutely loving it. The exploration of, of female friendships and female bonds, toxic masculinity... Toxic relationships. Uh, there's there's so many wonderful themes that are that are in the stories. You just have to kind of look past all the cursing, all the killing, the ultra violence. Don't get me wrong; those things are great. They do a really good job with the killings and the violence and the smashing of heads and faces and things of that nature. Uh, the The show is a delight on so many different levels. And like I, like I told Raj, I would love to have feel to hear the female perspective on this. So. I know I have female listeners. Are you out there? Are you out there? MJ, are you out there? Are you listening? Hit me up. Watch this cartoon. Hit me up. Tell me what you're thinking. Let me know if I'm a loon. If I'm crazy. If I'm Harley Coon crazy. Uh, the, the show's fantastic. I Again, you know, th- this podcast kind of works at its own pace. We are not uh, uh, a, a, a podcast that, um, you know, we're, we're not a news outlet. I suppose this is the best way to watch. Like, we're not paid to watch content. We watch it when we can, and I feel like that's how all you people, all you wonderful people who are listening, consume content. It's like you, you watch things when you can. You read things when you can. That's you're you're our target audience. You know, we, I can't binge an entire series over a weekend. I got shit to do. I work. <laughs> you guys work. We, you know, we have things to do for a living, and I don't want to go online and read spoilers and have this entire series ruined for me. So we get to it a week or two or three later, or in the case of Harley Quinn, a year or two later. But we're there now, and I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to you guys who are a little bit more like, like me, and maybe you haven't had a chance to check this out yet. But you probably have HBO, and if you haven't upgraded to HBO Max, I strongly encourage it because it's a better bang for your buck. And you can watch this cartoon. And in case I didn't explicitly say it... uh. It's not kid-friendly. If you are one of my friends, one of my listeners with children, they cannot be anywhere near the same room as you when you watch the show. It is potty mouth central. <laughs> but in a fun, fun way. It's, it's again, the themes, the story. You know me, I love a good story. I love a good narrative arc. I love themes. And this show has it in spades. But it has all that other entertainment stuff, like like the... Like I said, the ultraviolence, the cursing, the, 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 the Batman rose gallery, Batman himself. It, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun within the context of the Batman universe, but it's not beholden to that universe by any means. And if you're watching the show, you'll see what I mean by season two when uh, characters, you're like, oh, shit, that just happened? It happens. So it, it, it's a really, really good time. I hope Roger sticks with it. I hope uh, all y'all listening will check it out. It's so much fun. So much fun. And again, easily consumable, 23-minute increments. And it's a blast. And again, strong narratives, strong uh, female empowerment kind of things. And again, I'm a man. I can't speak on those sort of things. But they they connect with me. And I love seeing that. I love the, uh, for lack of a better term, the the, the exposing and the, and the downfall of the patriarchy and that kind of thing. Like It's not a man's world anymore. And it shouldn't have been for a very long time. So this show hits all the right spots for me and I hope you'll check it out and watch it as well and have a blast. Harley's a great character to explore these things. Poison Ivy is a great character to explore a lot of these themes as well. And uh, Roger mentioned Kite Man. Bane's is hilarious. We, we, we've inserted some Bane clips. We've inserted some King Shark uh, clips into the show today. I, and if those aren't enough to persuade you, I don't know what else I have to do. I will come to your house and make you watch it if you'd like. Let's arrange that. All right, so let's wrap up the show. Again, thank you so much for taking the time, downloading, listening, liking the show, sharing it with all your friends and family. And if you're not doing that, please do. It it helps us out immensely. And if you have the time, write those five-star reviews on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all those things. We're there. Give us those reviews. Help us spread the word about the fun, good show that we're doing for the average person, the average person Consumer of content who can't just sit around all weekend and binge two seasons of a show in two days or less. I can't do that. You can't do that. We live in a world. We live in a society. We have to go out and be a part of it in whatever limited capacity we can be with COVID 19. And, whew. All right. So, again, let me get off that. (laughs) Got a bit of a soapbox there. Let me uh, thank once again my, my dear sweet Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody. the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. He's the co host of The Ringing Ear, which is a great music podcast that I can't recommend highly enough. So please check that out. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. Thank you to the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. And to the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegamer. Thank you so much for being Patreons. You guys are. Uh, exemplary members of the podcast community. You're helping uh, keep the show going, keeping the lights on, paying the bills, uh, making sure we're having good equipment to, to, to do a quality podcast in a time of COVID where I can't have someone sitting next to me doing the show with me. So you you mean the world to me. Whew. Make sure you're following the show on social media, Tomcast Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Email the show TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. And again, one more time, subscribe to the show. Share the show. Get your friends to listen to the show. It's the best. It's the best. And we need those five star reviews. They are crucial to getting this this pophead Nation audience to grow. And with that being said, we're going to wrap up the show. I don't have any wonderful uh, closing sentiments for you, other than I don't know how many sports listeners are out there, but the hockey tournament's going on. That's been a lot of fun. I'm nervous about the MLB season coming to compl- uh, a premature close because COVID seems to be running rampant through Major League Baseball. Uh, Basketball seems to be doing a okay as well, which is good news. But between baseball and and football, I'm very, very nervous for those sports. But I'm glad to see that basketball and hockey will finish their seasons, barring some sort of disaster. And with that being said, remember, wear your masks, wash your hands, stay six feet away from people. Remember, this is the way. And with that, we say... Ciao, babes. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. Incorrect. The Steelers have won the most games at Gotham Stadium. I'm going to blow
1: up Gotham Stadium.
0: We're not going to be fucking sucked this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.